Back to the original three OGs. Oh, Rob Lucy coming at you from Phoenix, Oregon. Excited to finally review Falcon and the Winter Soldier with my two good friends, longtime geeking out buddies, Rob Strotter and Eduardo, the editor, Gadea. What up? Uh, yeah, I mean, so the the cold open, I think I was that I was thinking of originally was the Global Repatriation Council, the nice friendly like oh we're we're here to help the world and then uh obviously you know a lot of types of groups like that are not what they appear to be and immediately you go to them on a military vehicle jumping out ready to raid some uh third world country like it goes down normally um and i think this is where you first see um uh the new caps uh emotional issues it's when you get spit on and he yells, don't you know who I am? And you can see for the first time uh, that facade is starting to crack or something starting to come through that we haven't mm-hmm. uh, seen yet. And then, uh, you know, Zemo, you guys were already talking about him. To, uh, to, be, to be clear, it's Munich, Germany. It is, it is not a third world country. Oh, that's, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't even know. Well, what well, that, that, but it's meant to be a slum. It's meant yeah. to be a, a yeah. rundown yeah. area yeah. showing the... Uh, Again, and I think this is a great thing that they do with the GRC is showing this federal step in, but it's an international federal step in. It's a global initiative, much like the Avengers. And uh, the way that they are manipulating the, the face on one end and the way Walker just comes in, just fucking heated. And again, Hoskins is just, you know, Battlestar is just like, All right, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Like, he's the guy, like, standing next to the guy at the keg. <laughs> it's just like, uh, hey, man, just let him drink. Just let him get a drink, man. It's cool. It's not, this isn't worth it, man. Go on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, the when they spit in his face and, like, you know, he just, like, lets it sit there and then just goes there. You can just see the gears just grinding on him. He's like, I'm not Captain America because he thinks he should be able to be like, you know who I am? And have that be his boom. Well, I, I was uh, thinking deeply about this, uh, where after the, the blip, as they're, as they're referring it to, half the population of the universe, but on Earth, half of it's gone. And then you have these refugees that were cold, tired, or, or dis, displaced people, or, or you know, that, that were having a hard time at life. They're like, oh, there's a giant mansion I can move in, and now I have enough food, and there's work for me to do. You know, for good or for bad, Thanos is you know, vision actually came to fruition for quite a few of these people. And then when the blip is undone, you know, this, this government GRC agency is like, Hey guys, uh, well, the original residents are back now. Uh, you got to go and, and we'll, we'll help you, you know, with that. And they're like, Whoa, 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 pump the brakes. You know, imagine like what you've done in f- high school doesn't last five years. So this, these are people's new lives and the, now their lives are completely upended. And it, it's just kind of a different way to look at things. And and uh, Sam sees that later in the episode, or that was that episode four where he has that conversation. I think that's four. episode four. Okay, episode four. It's episode four when, when he has that conversation. But um, you know, it's you know, everybody's trying to look at it in black and white, and there's only a couple people that are kind of seeing it from a gray area, which is which is not dissimilar to what we see in, in our politics today, um, currently, if you will. But uh, I digress. That, that's where I think Zemo being introduced comes in perfect because he like kind of ex- he kind of embodies the gray area a little bit. 
right. The both other the other two and two team cap team Falcon are both kind of uh, very set in their ways. Falcon, I would say, is the, probably the least uh, the most flexible Falcon and Bucky to like listen to the other side and stuff. But they're definitely like there's a dichotomy between them and Zemo's right in the middle. And uh, later on, once they're all interacting, I think even here after just watching Bucky and him talk was just a prelude to like how good chemistry all three of them and all the great dialogue, <laughs> all the snippy, snarky stuff and funny stuff, witty stuff. Uh, what'd you think about Zemo, Strutter? Uh, I, I continue to enjoy Zemo. Um, I, yeah, I think that he's unlikable by design. The banter that he has back and forth with Bucky is really played out. They really flesh him out. I'll be honest, I was not impressed with Zemo in Civil War. I, I thought it was a letdown of an ending. Um, I think that their fight was good, but like him, like, you know, the whole, like, you know, this flex of green in your eyes, you would never know. And I was like, ah, I don't know about it. Like, like, even Black Panther just punks him out real quick, you know? And he's... It's all symbolic and it's good. And I like that they've revisited him and shown why he's a badass. Like show him just like, I smoke, I smoke fools. I have a set of principles that if I get the opportunity to shoot a super soldier, I shoot a super soldier. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it goes back to what we said about this long form where there's multiple episodes, six hours and not trying to condense you know, somebody that is as dynamic as Zemo into, you know, 15 minutes worth of screen time, you know, in a, in, in a, in a Marvel movie and you, you get to understand him a little bit more. And, and I, I feel the same way. Visceral reaction the first time I seen him, but the more I'm watching him, not that I like him anymore because he's a terrible villain, but you know, I'm like, Oh, I appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah. and then what, oh, are you going to say something then? Well, I mean, like the, the thing about like, I, I thought the escape was like nice and showed how smart he is and how like kind of Lex Luthor like he is. You can just everything's planned out for him. But um, one uh, of the things that I liked about the escape. Game. Yeah, I'm sorry. One of the things that I liked about the escape is that it actually reminded me of what we were talking about in The Mandalorian with every episode being like a, an homage to a certain style. Like that was like a very like heist movie, like, you know, like. Bucky explaining the situation pace by pace while we're watching it all happen and unfold very yeah. smoothly. And I think that Zemo did some great acting there because he's no lines, but he acts the shit out of everything. Like you feel his tension. Like you feel him being like, Ooh, I might get caught right here. And, um, and, and I think that he really delivers. Uh, and, and yeah, just the way that he, like he walks in um, with the, uh, into the mechanic shop with the silhouette. Like it was, it, this this episode and the next episode are just very artistically shot. And I, I really enjoyed that. That was funny. It was like, you're, you're rich. He's like, I'm a Baron. <laughs> like with the old Butler coming off the jet. <laughs> but that's, a, that's where you're saying like the, the movie wouldn't work. Cause you don't get that joke. You don't, you don't get the Marvin Gaye conversation and hearing Zemo admonish Marvin Gaye for, uh, for capturing the black experience in America and like Falcon having to agree with him and then be pissed about it, but say, and then get mad at Bucky. Like it was, there's so much interplay between them that happens. I mean, there's a lot of details we could uh, like hawk on, but, I, but they all do represent something different in their own. Like, I think what I wrote down, Zemo is definitely like a manipulator, right? He's trying to, he's waiting for his opening all the time, constant, like just patient man, 
Uh, Bucky's innocent because he hasn't really had a life. Like he, it's like when he said, "Now you, now you're free to do, you know, you're free," and he's like, "Free to do what?" He's still trying to figure out what life is, and he's still very, I wouldn't say innocent, but uh, ignorant to a lot of things, or just I don't, know, I don't know the right way to put it. And then Falcon is just driven. He's just a drive, driven man. I mean, unless you guys think something different. I think that Bucky is anachronistic and they really make a point of that in the sense that he's stuck in the past. Like Bucky doesn't know who he is because he never, he never has the ability to make the transition to the modern man, the way that cap does. True. He doesn't have friends the same way that cap does because nobody trusts him. So he doesn't have the same ability to link into present day. And so I think that that Marvin Gaye scene, besides being again, one of those beautiful, you can tell there's a black voice in the room, in the writing room scenes. It is being like, he's alive, but but he's right. Like, like you know, like, like there's just such realness in the way that it goes back and forth. But right there, Bucky says, I like music from the 1940s. And that's it right there. Like Bucky's still stuck in that past and that's what he's comfortable with. And um, there's no way for him to get to the present day, except for this, you know, nice, Nice lady that he went on a date with. Not that he went on a date. He went to her work. And I mean, that's a real softball of the day. I'm right? thinking she might be an agent, but that's for later down the road. Um, and then we get to Mandapore. Bum, bum, bum. We are uh, we are expanding the Marvel Universe. Uh, Mandapore and then, you know, Madripoor. later in the episode. Madripoor, um, uh, which is what? Madripoor, Mandripoor. Um, <laughs> It's, it's used throughout the Marvel Universe. You know, it's a, it's a haven for criminals. Um, and I, I think this this episode, not only that and uh, Sharon Sharon Carter. Oh, badass. Badass. Love the way they used her. Uh, glad, glad they brought in another powerful female character. Um, but just the, the different places they can go by adding this uh, uh, quote-unquote pirate, you know, principality in there. Well, I want to like note like Lucy's right. Um, Madripoor showing up in, into the scrawl was a big thing. And this is one of those reasons why I actually didn't know this was going to happen. And this is one of the reasons why I hate watching the teasers. Because when that shit popped up, I was like, yeah, I don't oh too. shit, that's fucking Madripoor. No one's here to care. Like, um, it, it made me it made me think the Wolverine cameo that they have been like hinting at he was going to be patched. That's the first thing. And I exactly. Thought. And so that's the, I think the thing that really stood out was like uh, the way that they had seeded the Quicksilver and WandaVision. And now like they're dropping in Madripoor. Like, you know, like Madripoor is an X-Men place. It is it is a Wolverine place. And it's special to me because Madripoor is um when the wolverine comic went separate and he went solo and i was like i fucking hate this <laughs> no i did too i, I hate madripoor i hate patches so much man. um but the fact that they like really turned it in and i like the fact that madripoor had a bridge i never really thought about it being in an archipelago and just having you know you just got access to it right but beautiful yeah, shots I- yeah, yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, that's the uptown. We're going, we're going to Lowtown." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and it really, uh, I, I, I'm thinking at the end of this, at the end of this series, they're going to drop a mutant in there, in here somewhere. Somebody's making a mutant appearance, as far as like the, you know, if not by the end of the next episode, but at the end of the series, I would be shocked. 
um, if we don't see see some more mutant references. It's supposedly if, if not if not somebody just straight up you know coming out of the woodwork. They had they had pictures of Omega Red like a year ago or something. Dude, see, stop with the spoilers, bro. I'm just saying, I don't think so. It wouldn't make sense in the story. They're not really anywhere, but you know, they are kind of trotting across the globe. So, well, and I think one of the beautiful things about Madripoor, specifically that bar scene, and again, like they're just they just keep hitting it, like the color, um, the color, the, the action to like have Bucky do all of that fighting in that very confined space. Like you know, this isn't one of those big. You know, they're not at the airport like Civil War. You know, like this is boom, boom, boom. I gotta like take you down right here, and so. It just really highlights, I didn't think about it until right now, but it really highlights the opposite style of Bucky's fighting and Falcon's fighting. <clears throat> Where Falcon, you know, is that big, broad, all moving around, and Bucky's just like inside, like boom, boom, boom. Uh, and just cold face and Zemo's style um, is just so on point. Uh, obviously what they put uh, Falcon into as Smiling Tiger, I thought was the sharp, Sharp thing, and I really look forward to that being cosplayed going forward. Oh, um, but the way that, that they did Zemo with like the little like the tufts fur. of fur coming down and like the, the purple, and I'm just like, Man, this shit. he gets the mask. He gets the mask shortly after this all breaks through, because they uh, Sharon uh, saves him with the sniper round. They bust out of there, and then the next scene is is seeing the uh, the chemist. Do you think Sharon saved them? I didn't think that they were in trouble. I thought that they got... No, I think they could have... I agree with you. I think they could have definitely handled themselves. But why Why did she just snipe that? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she has her own... I think Sharon has her... I think Carter has her own agenda. I think she's been on Madripoor. She has to survive. She just wants to go home. She lives in Hightown. So she's got money. She's doing something to, to stay up. But yeah, as soon as the shot happened, I was like, well, that's got to be Sharon, right? Like... Mm -hmm. And she put them into a very compromised mm -hmm. position. Um, that scene with them walking into Selby's uh, uh, parlor, though, with the cages and the red light and like the slow motion framing. Again, I just think this is one of the best like shot uh, mm -hmm. episodes that we've seen. Like I thought that was better. dope. Oh, it keeps getting better. Um, so then it's just basically uh, looking for, what's his name, uh, Wilfred Nagel, who's uh, mm -hmm. the doctor. I looked him up. I thought he had something to do with the Weapon X project. Maybe he did because they kind of crossed Super Soldier and Weapon X uh, at times. Um, but when I looked it up, he was just basically uh, from Red, White, and Black uh, Captain America with uh, the guy from the last episode, uh, Elijah? Elias? Uh, Patriot? No, not Patriot. Uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, first Captain America. Truth. There you go. Um, yep. Shipping container yards is an interesting scene. Lots of. Oh, uh, hold on. <laughs> Before we leave, so they get to the Golden Goose laboratory scene, and like they're going back and forth, and like someone's already come up with. You know, we're getting a lot of it, ex exposition. We're getting a lot of information dropped in this episode, and like Homeboy's like all wire wild. And you might not like Zemo, but you have to respect him, man. He just kind of like boom. Oh, oh, did I just shoot? Did I just shoot him? So that can never happen. He can't make ever, ever again. Oh, all right, guys, let's get out of here, right? Like, it's so fucking uh, such a great establishment of a villain. 
Um, no, totally agree. Um, without making him good, without making him a Loki or Juggernaut joining the X Men or White Queen joining the X Men, like, like you know, like he's still he can hang out. They've established a way that he can hang out with the good guys but still be bad. Well, and, and through the episode, he, well, and especially into the next episode, he finds ways to make himself indispensable. <laughs> uh, escape, they escape the container scene, jump in the GTO, a little, oh, a little wow. witty band. You're not going to move your seat up, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I will, I will say they are, they're prepping him to be Citizen V already. Otherwise they would have made him a stereotypical villain. So, you know, that's the, thunderbolts right there and he's he's like you said he's just enough to be to be able to hang around a bunch of good guys and seem well and then but then also be on his own agenda and if he's working for the government with the thunderbolts it all kind of makes sense and it almost make him seem righteous all right two things i want to uh it's interesting because if they go thunderbolts then you're going back and tying in the hulk because they're thunderbolts because of thunderbolt ross Mm -hmm. so that's an interesting way to circle back to the very first movie and let's talk about sharon carter's fight scene oh come on oh my god like just ducking and diving in in the the, the shipyard Mm. i mean she has so well she has she's just a a, a agent right like she's an ex-shield agent that's just fighting skills right no enhancement or anything that's a word to think at this point, but we shouldn't, like, we don't know, right? No, so they, they, they are giving her skills uh, akin to Black Widow or Hawkeye as far as hand-to-hand combat skills. She's yeah. up there in, in, in that echelon of, mm-hmm. uh, of heroes. And, and good, because she, you know, another strong yeah, female I, character. Yeah, it was, a, it was a solid choreographed fucking fight scene. Like, I really felt her laying in all the shots while it's also juxtaposed with them just like okay so like you know we're having a calm conversation she like, makes bah, bah, bah. like hey hurry up guys we got people inbound would you please hurry up and they're still exactly. i'm like come on man your girl's getting you know like she, yeah, she literally just asked for help she's done everything for you and you're up here like you know twiddling your thumbs and they the other thing uh not only that but the Flag Smashers are outside of the GRE headquarters, and they make a very prominent blue circle with a red X right through the middle of that gate. It is impossible. It was impossible for me to watch. Miss, yeah, miss by yeah. the way. So, so now we have their seating possible mutant and uh, Doctor Doom, Victor Von Doom. Big things happening. Big things happening in this in this series, guys. Yeah, expanding the world a lot. The last scene, I mean, who wants to describe it? It was fucking pretty. I don't, I didn't even remember her name. It's A- Ayo? Ayo? Ayo. Ayo. I don't know. We should probably look it up. I mean, I thought that's what it was, but um, just. Uh, Lucy's gonna, Lucy can Google it real quick. Just, uh, just the fact that all of a sudden Wakanda's involved in this. It had to be though. You know but it had to be. But dude, there there's so much that they put into that episode that that would almost seem um uh irresponsible to try to make it too layered, but it, it fit right in. It fit right in perfectly because nothing is heavy-handed, nothing's overt, so a lot of subtleties and just that and then then they expound on it in the next episode. No need to do anything more than let you know that they are present. That's it. For just enough. 
great writing. Yeah, no, I, I thought that the uh, the Hansel and Gretel. Um, it is breadcrumb. Ayo. Ayo. The uh, Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb following was really well done. And like, as soon as you get that shot, and you're just like, oh, God, y'all fucked up. Like, <laughs> and I think that it hit on another level because it's the first real live action Wakanda thing since uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. So it also just kind of made me be like, uh, like you know, like just our reality. How, how, how do they handle that moving forward? Is is, is I mean, exactly, because I don't think that they'll address it in, you know, the show. I think that's something that needs to be addressed in, in the movie itself. But um. All right. Hey, uh, dense episode, guys. Very dense episode. Uh, a, lot of East, a lot of Easter eggs spread throughout. Uh, great character development, great dialogue. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to, uh, to talk about the next episode as well. Sounds like you're throwing pots and pans around there. You're so excited. Uh, I agree. Uh, man, I, I think I watched this episode four times. It was it was a lot of fun. A lot of layered stuff, man. Watching more than once. Listen to us and go watch it again. You'll find something new. Hobo Fresh out of San Francisco. Hope you enjoyed this. Spoilers behind. <laughs> Oof.